Hello and welcome to India Startup Chat, the best podcast series on startups, investments, opportunities and views from India. Brought to you by Mukun Mohan, Ravi Guru Raj and me, Lakshmi Rebecca. Here is this week's chat. Welcome to India Startup Chat. This is the third podcast for 2016. Hi Ravi, hi Mukund. Hey Lakshmi, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. Hi Mukund. Sastriya Kal Lakshmi. Hey rich man Ravi, how many companies have been funded at $100 million since the last time you and I spoke that you have funded yourself? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Listen, I think, you know, I asked that question because I actually think we've had a few good number of fundings that have happened in the $50 million dollar uh, north mark. I think you're going to see a sharp slowdown in that in the next, uh, you know, uh, 12 months for sure. You know, that's I'm actually just looking for names that people would, would back outside of the the already well-funded companies, the unicorns. Ravi, Ravi probably has $400 million companies already that he's invested in. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just focusing on my own startup And this now. was done by the 2nd of January, <laughs> not by the 3rd week. He's done it by the 3rd of January, not by the 3rd oh week of January. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, boys. So now for the conversation of this week, the topic is networking particularly for startups which are in emerging cities or non-metros. So let's start with the top three challenges the startups in emerging cities or non-metros face in getting visibility, in getting funding, and in scaling. So, you know, I think uh, when you go to a non-metro city, uh, essentially the few areas that are the toughest are senior management talent in my in my mind you know where there's deep domain expertise you may or may not find that uh, so oftentimes that's an issue along with co-founders that are uh, super high quality sometimes if people have worked together somewhere and they're all living in a, a non-metro city together that that works out well but just the pool of people you can tap into is smaller and it's harder to put those very specific, very focused uh, talent uh, hires or, you know, uh, acquisitions, quote-unquote, that you need to do, right, for to build a great team. That's one. I think uh, clearly connecting with investors is a challenge because the investors themselves don't come out to you. They, you don't get to bump into them at events and things like that. So you need to do a lot of work to get to the investors uh, in, uh, in other locales. Uh, I think the last and probably most important is uh, the lack of depth in the peers and the osmosis that happens by interacting with your peers, right? Uh, the support system that you might have, right? Uh, and being able to talk to others that are in similar or adjacent areas uh, is often lacking. So you have to kind of go it yourself. Now, I think, you know, the web is a great equalizer. I think there are a lot of technologies that... Uh, have helped to equalize video and all of that, conferencing and all of that, but still there's nothing like the in-flesh exchange that happens at, you know, a meetup or, you know, just a casual gathering of uh, founders, you know, that's lacking. I think those are three primary areas. And, you know, there are other challenges, but there are also opportunities, I think, for a second-tier city, you know. Being able to retain people once they, once you're able to find them uh, is sometimes easier, is what I hear from founders. I think the ability to focus and not have so many startup events to attend, you know, do all this other junk that may be distracting you as an early stage founder yeah. is probably good too, right? Uh, a better infrastructure, all of that, right? 
I think I'll let Mukund go now because I don't want to eat up all the all the points. Yeah, before before Mukund, uh, you start. I have to share. Just just yesterday, uh, I met somebody from Delhi who went and shifted the entire operations to Shimla because they found better staff over there, um, and the setup was good enough, infrastructure was good enough, and right. the cost of running that startup from there was much better right. than obviously from Gurgaon. So there are definitely advantages once you kind of gotten going but you may have to still sort of have some sort of a strong presence in a metro Mukul, what are your thoughts on what Ravi shared so I think uh, from a non-metro what I've seen I've, I've been to places like uh, obviously Coimbatore and Kochi and so on the first thing depending on the stage right the earliest of the early stage the big problem is just getting a lot of people that are similar to you in terms of at least having the mindset I think the biggest challenge is even now in the non-metros, uh, moms and uh, aunties and uncles, I think they still have the why don't you get a job at uh, Infosys Wipro. I think maybe in Bangalore now it is the new sexy thing to do, which is to go and join a startup. And a lot of people are investing in startups. So angel investors are telling other people who are their peers, uh, your son should work for the startup like Flipkart and so on and so forth. Whereas in the non-metros, I think that's still a challenge. Second, getting people to even talk to about things that are the latest and the best in technology becomes hard, right? Becomes a little bit of an echo chamber if there is only 10 or 20 people who keep talking about the same thing again and again and again. And the third is to find excellent role models to grow into. Um, I think once you get past those, then you get to the investor challenges, co-founder, scaling, etc. and so on and so forth. So I think those are the biggest challenges I would say that I have seen so far in the very early stage startups that I've met. Uh, of course, the big advantages for them more than anything else are, uh, number one, they find very loyal uh, talent. People that come in there, if they are bought into the vision and they get a little bit of traction also, they get that they get the sense that people don't want to leave companies that very frequently. And the big problem, obviously, in places like Bangalore and Delhi is that everybody gets poached once they are reasonably good. And even if they're not, they get poached by other startups because there is a dearth of very, very good talent, right? You can stick on to people in the in the non-metros. The second thing that is good is you will find the community willing to help if they believe that you've gotten even a semblance of making it big. And uh, if that's the case, then suddenly you get a whole bunch of people rallying behind you, willing to support you and so on and so forth. And there's almost always in every one of these non-metros, somebody who's in the US, somebody who's in Bangalore, somebody who's prod who's willing to be who's willing to fund companies who's there from that place so they have a lot of allegiance to the place so for example i've seen a lot of coimbatore uh, entrepreneurs saying that the biggest source of investment actually is people in the u.s who are from coimbatore not necessarily people who are from bangalore i think it's interesting how both of you mentioned that some of these problems are also opportunities right especially the people one once you find them that they're gonna stay loyal um and then the other one of course is just the cost of operations um so if we were to talk about the biggest challenge, which is basically visibility and funding and access to the right people, how do you think these can be tackled for you know by startups which are in emerging cities? I think first they should plan to develop their talent from, uh, you know, BB, have a proactive program to bring people in, either as interns, early employees, you know, if maybe not freshers, but... You know, it may be uh, more junior employees and grow them. The second might be to have a very targeted approach to find people who have a, a connection back into the city uh, so that you can go out there and reach, reach out to them uh, actively across the globe. 
you'll be surprised there may be people in Silicon Valley who are willing to move back to XYZ city, right? Um, and uh, because they have family there or they want to come back and they didn't even know about the startup, right? That was available or this opportunity that's available. I think uh, that's very important, uh, you know, to go out there and do. Uh, and I think the third is to create a, a, a sense of branding and uh, visibility across the ecosystem for yourself, regardless of where you are. And that's important because that, that, that then creates this virtuous cycle of either attracting talent or making talent that you've already got feel good about what they're doing. Uh, it attracts investors to you eventually, right? Uh, it allows you to open up doors. Uh, so I think just because you're in a second-tier city doesn't mean you can't uh, storytell compellingly to the press, <laughs> that you can't go out to events and be part of panels, give thought leadership talks, you know? So you've got to do all of that. I think that's the, the that onus falls on the founder, the CEO, the CXO team to go deliver uh, an outstanding experience for their company, regardless of where they're out of. And if they do that, I think they, they, they mitigate some of the downsides of being in a smaller city, you know, and can really try and take advantage. And then one such example is Rohit Bhatt, of Robosoft, he's out of Mangalore, and you know he's done outstandingly well, both as a services company and now as a product company, building apps that are truly uh, top of the global app store, right? And uh, and that's a unique uh, opportunity that he's been able to exploit out of Mangalore, Udupi, really specifically. Okay, so your definitely location does not prevent you from looking at building something global. It should not be. I mean, in fact. You know, I think uh, other than your interaction with the platform players, especially if you're able to build a deep relationship with the platform players, the partnerships, mm -hmm. and leverage those, they don't really care whether you're in Bangalore or whether you're in Udupi. They really care what's the what's the outstanding product you're building, how do you enhance their platform, uh, how do you, you know, monetize, uh, you know, are you able to engage with users? You know, those are the metrics that matter. And if you're able to uh, take off on all those checkboxes, I think they'll provide you assistance, you know? And I think, you know, sometimes this platform players like to un root for the underdog too, right? <laughs> so Absolutely. they're really willing to go a little bit further, especially when it's a company that's outside the norm, right? Uh, and, and it's trying to kind of make it big. I think using any of these uh, inherent disadvantages of being in not a major startup hub or metro are things that you can make into your advantage, as uh, Ravi had pointed out. And, you know, I have a question for you. So technically speaking, even though Chennai is a metro, and I'm sure that entrepreneurs from Chennai are going to get really angry with me if I say this, Chennai does not have as much of a uh, hot hub nature to it from startup perspective at all. In any point of time, I always find very high quality startups from Chennai, but I'd find three or four of them. Whereas Bangalore, you get all kinds of people and you get thousands of them. So for you, for Lakshmi, being in Chennai, you were in Chennai and then you moved here to Bangalore. What did you see as the difference from, uh, you know, a not so hot and happening hub like Chennai to a really happening hub like Bangalore? I think the answer lies in something that you said a little while ago, Mukund, and that is uh, parents. Parents expect uh, people to make safer choices in the emerging cities. And Chennai, uh, whilst there is you know, uh, a part of it that's sort of modern and immigrant-friendly and, and uh, uh, open to a lot of change and transformation and progress, uh, it is still more conservative as compared to Bangalore. And I would still say that. I mean, my parents live there and, I, and I've seen my 
you know, parents of friends who have lived in Bangalore forever and my own parents who've lived in Chennai forever. And there is that attitude difference. And that's a cultural, contextual difference. And that is kind of make or break. Having said that, just this month, I was at IIT Karagpur and I got to have a conversation with India's youngest app developers. And they were from Chennai. They were, uh, you know, Shravan and Sanjay Kumar, four, 15 and 14 year olds. And I think uh, they mentioned, Mukund, that they might have met you. And maybe they've, uh, you know of them also, Ravi. 11 apps, okay? So godimensions.com. That's what their, they, you know, uh, website is called. 11 apps in four years. I think those kids are onto something. Uh, and of course, there in their case, I met the parents, and, I, and the parents, have played a huge role in encouraging them to just be themselves and go after whatever they want to go after. Yeah, you know, the surprising thing is I met them when they were 12 and 11 or something, or 12 and 10 or something like that about a few years ago. <laughs> so when they just started then? Yeah, when they, when they got a few apps at that point in time. They had a few games and I helped them get a few of the Microsoft games that they wanted to be able to play with and so on. Uh, amazing story, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the exceptions will always happen when I've gone to every one of these non-metros uh, I've always seen one story or two stories, and that I think is goodness. But I think the bigger challenge is how do you get more than the one or two stories, and how do you get it to be more proliferating? Right? You want a lot of people to get religion about joining startups, not just one or two on an ongoing basis. And I think that's the that's the challenge in any non-metro, if you will. There's not that much of a critical mass. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, I'm going to ask a very specific question. How do you network um, with sort of the ecosystems which are in, in metros and which are abroad and with specific individuals that you want to reach out for, whether it's for funding or mentoring or other kind of access, if you are based in an emerging city or a non-metro? So I'll take a crack at that. I think, you know, you should be very systematic and programmatic about it because you don't have the advantage of doing things that are, you know, just as a run-of-the-mill, like I'm going to meet somebody, I'll just go to a networking event randomly and you know, go to beers with somebody, I might hear about something through the grapevine, right? You've got to travel to be in a specific place. So I would go out and, you know, go through the list of events that have happened over the last 12 months that, and create a subset of those that you might want to target. Every time you're coming out to an event, also set up meetings, either with partners, with investors, with talent, that make that trip really productive for you. Uh, at an event, plan to meet certain number of people, uh, you know, that you want to network with, you know, for very specific reasons. And, you know, if you do that much, and, you know, I think the other 50%, the, that, that can be 50% of your plan, the other 50% can be serendipitous, Right. And you, you, I think you'll you'll get there. If you just come from a, uh, a second-tier city or you know a, a non-metro city and show up at a big event and you feel overwhelmed and you're not part of it, you know, then it's a problem, right? You should when when you're looking at those events, also target the pro event of our managers and see if you can get a speaking slot, see if you can get a moderation spot, see if you can get a you know, panelist spot of some kind. And so that gives you the visibility you need, right? Uh, also plan to reach out to press when you're in coming in. So you might say, you know, while I'm in a non-metro city, I'm coming to a metro once or twice a quarter. And it may be a different metro each time, okay? It need not be only Bangalore. It could be Mumbai. It could be Delhi, whatever. There's a specific reason I'm coming, and here's the five or six things I'm going to do during those three days to make my trip really worth the, 
the bang for the buck, right, in some sense, because it is expensive traveling. You'll have to take an air flight. You'll have to stay in a hotel. You'll have to rent a cab. You know, you'll have to do all the things that folks who are already in a metro don't have to do to attend that event, right? <laughs> and so, you know, just maximize uh, the benefits, I think. That's the first thing I would do. Mukut? Yeah, so what I think um, is, number one, networking more than anything else for just the sake of networking doesn't really help right? absolutely and a lot of people tend to do that we talked about it before maybe in a couple of uh, episodes back mm. just uh, you know i see a lot of people with a focused networking approach and some people who just come shake hands and then go away exchange cards and say oh here's what i do and then walk off to the next person yeah so, that, so there's no purpose and goal to the networking and what i think is important is when you are from a non-metro by the way, this holds good even if you're from a metro, is to focus on the four or five people uh, from a non-metro, I would say focus on the four or five people that you can build deep relationships with who you believe over time will help rather than the the not so deep, very ephemeral, very simple relationships with hundreds of people. And you want to be focused around who you can get help in the next six to 12 months because that's the amount of time it will take for you to build a relationship with phone calls, with emails, and find relevant things to talk about on an ongoing basis, even if you're not meeting them at every event, every three, four weeks, which is what happened in Bangalore, right? Happen, what happens? What used to happen to me in Bangalore is I used to meet the same set of people every three or four weeks. In fact, some of them more frequently than that. And you build a relationship that way. But, you know, from the tier two cities, like, for example, there's one person, Mukund Krishna from Cochin, who would come up all the way. And we'd have a focused discussion for about nearly one hour or so at NPC about a wide range of topics. And offline, when he was not coming to the NASCOM product conclave, he'd see him sending me emails about interesting topics that he had seen, ask for my opinion, maybe schedule a call once in a while to get some advice both ways. I think those kinds of things help. How do you find continuity in your relationships as opposed to just doing it once and then leaving it away? I think networking is more about, uh, so the three most important things that I'm going to summarize is number one, make fewer relationships, but more in depth. Keep in touch during the non-event times as well by email, phone, whatever you can. And then the third thing is try and find a way to be able to get the person who you are from the non-metro to come to your location and give them a good view of what the startup ecosystem is in your location. So for someone like Ravi, who's so rich that he can fund every company in Coimbatore, I would say find a way, <laughs> find a way to get Ravi over across and for someone like you Mukund's bad for your reputation uh, Ravi <laughs> I think you have to come up with a strategy to you know to counteract this. this you know Mukund watch me watch me you're so yeah yeah go ahead you know it's a very good ecosystem you know some of the richest folks are sitting in Coimbatore okay? that's true Coimbatore has a lot of money none of them will fund the startup unless Ravi funds them and if Ravi and if Ravi doesn't go there and Lakshmi doesn't go there, they'll think the startups are not smart and they're not worth funding. <laughs> Fine. So we're all going to Coimbatore this year, Mukund. We won't open our purse strings, but we'll ensure everybody else does. How's that? Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So some very useful tips there on how to network and how to go about it. Um, I think on that note, let's go to the question of the week. And let's, let's ask something to do with networking. How about this? What was your worst networking moment? My worst networking moment? That's a good Would question. you have one, Ravi? You've, you've stumped me. <laughs> what about you, Bukut? Holy God. Holy God. <laughs> I think we can, we, we'll get a whole host of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, 
I, I'll just say this. I mean, you know, there's lots of times where you meet somebody or you, 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 you know, you, you're introduced to somebody and you don't realize the context or you don't understand uh, the thing. And then the faux pas is, you know, you, you and you're umming and eyeing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how uh, to who is this? <laughs> it's somebody, you know, uh, you know, who's high, high influencer or, you know, founder of some famous company and you just haven't met them or understood them or something like that. That's one. I think the other is where you don't connect the dots and you're not able to figure out, uh, you know, what the connection might be to somebody, right? And, you know, you're not, you know, taking advantage of this, the, 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 the physical connection, right? Sometimes you get yourself like, man, you know, should have learned a little more, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes the worst, actually, the worst networking moments are when you're having a good time with somebody and, you know, other parties butt in in the middle of it to shake your hand or do something or butt into the conversation and there's and no context. And then the flow is lost. And then the flow is lost, right? Those are actually the worst because you're actually making a connection with somebody and something interrupts somehow, yeah. right? And uh, that I find is the worst, actually, you know, in my mind. <laughs> so I have a huge weakness when it comes to, you know, the subject of networking, the area of networking, and that is that I forget names. You tell me the name and two seconds later, I've forgotten the name. So I have to, like, really memorize it and associate the name with something to remember it. <laughs> and the worst is some, so sometimes I forget faces. So it's just really bad. And that's just, you know, that's just how my brain is. Can't help it, guys, but working on it. <laughs> Yeah, but anything you meet too many people, that's that's the problem. <laughs> you know, overloaded. <laughs> Mukund, what about you? Most embarrassing networking moment? Multiple of them, really, in terms of embarrassing uh, moments. But I think the one that comes up every so often is I'm pretty decent with names. You know, Lakshmi and uh, I think Ravi can vouch to that as well. Very rarely do I forget people's names. But invariably, in every event, this happens to me. And it happens at least once, if not multiple times. I'll go meet somebody, speak to them for about 10 minutes. I'll go right around, speak to more people, come back again. And I'll say, hey, how are you? My name is Mukund. I'll introduce myself again. They're like, you just spoke to me 10 minutes ago. <laughs> hey, that's worse than forgetting the name. <laughs> <laughs> just an eager button, Mukund. <laughs> that's a good one. It's happened to me a few times too. I, I, can't, I can't deny that. <laughs> All right, so the question of the week is this to all of you listeners. What was your worst networking moment? So send in your answers on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, we're on at in startup chat. And on Facebook, it's India Startup Chat. And of course, we'll announce the winner uh, or the winning answer to last week's question on Twitter and Facebook as well. So stay tuned over there. And we'll uh, catch you next week. Thanks, Ravi. Thanks, Mukun. Thank you, Lakshmi. Thank you, Mukun. Bye, guys. Bye. And that was this week's India Startup Chat podcast. Get in touch with us on Twitter. The handle is at InStartupChat and on our Facebook page, India Startup Chat. Send in your feedback, suggestions and send in lots of retweets and likes. Talk soon, guys. Bye.